Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcast. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. Now, if you want to find out more about them or any of the other authors in the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com forward slash authors, where you'll actually find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable and free, that's free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Shirley Jane Jackson. Now, if you had not met Shirley before, she is an international author, motivational keynote speaker, empowerment coach, and a consultant. After being seriously injured, Shirley actually became determined to make a positive difference by empowering others to overcome adversity and reach their personal victory while inspiring them to discover their innate abilities. She seeks to make learning engaging, fun, achievable, and most importantly, measurable. Now, Shirley exudes energy and a zest for life that really transfers to all the people that she meets. At a time when many of her peers are settling down for retirement, she's embarking on a motivational authoring, speaking, and coaching journey. It's her mission to deliver hope to those still questioning life and help them thrive as they transition into the age of technology. So could you please welcome to the show today, Shirley. Shirley, Hello. Hi, Ben. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Great. Fabulous. More fabulous. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. Fabulous. Yes. Good. It's good. It's good to have you on the show. Good to have you Thank here. You. Now, I, I realize there are some people out there who are listening in who may not have got a copy of your book and may not have met you before, but I know a lot about you. We've worked together for a number of years now, and it's always inspiring to hear your journey and the adversities that you've overcome and where you're at nowadays. But just to give the listeners a little bit of your background, um, tell me, why did you become so passionate about mindset and wellness? What, what got you into that? Oh, Ben, if I have to go there, um, I think when I first uh, had the opportunity um, some three years ago, as you and I met, I discovered at that point that I was really in the depths of despair I had experienced a workplace injury in 2008, which was equivalent to a footballer injury, just a torn, simple ACL ligament. However, the frustrations, etc., encountered under the South Australian Act of Safe Work SA, or it was called Work Cover back then, um, really required me to make huge lifestyle changes. And I had been a remote area nurse. I was living in Queensland at the time of my injury but I was on a position in South Australia's APY lands and I am absolutely passionate about my work and the opportunities I've had in Central Australia and Regional Australia as a nurse and also a nurse educator through Flinders University, South Australia. So having had that experience of an injury, uh, roll forward, um, I'll just try and put pretty briefly for you, a lot of things happened. But it took four months before I was able to access um, information and be able to get treatment for my injuries. I then had to validate to my insurer that uh, an injury had actually taken place because my claim had been lost at the point of injury. And that meant coming back from North Queensland to South Australia on two occasions and then having to totally relocate because by the time work cover heard my story, 
I was in a position where I needed bilateral knee replacements. So follow forward from bilateral knee replacements, I ended up with incompetent knee replacements. I also ended up with what we think is now between 15 and 20 falls. And there's not an area of my body that's not been impacted by injury, either at the point or subsequential to that time. So I'm a really passionate person. At the time I met you, I was passionately involved with opioid medication, <laughs> severely depressed with PTSD. And my work pertained to a great element of PTSD. And then the recovery process was very rugged with what services were available. And meeting you was like a breath of fresh air. I saw um, profound hope. You gave me a sense of hope that I just didn't believe I had. I was so ready to check out from the universe that I don't know how I'm still here now. I just often say, but by the grace of God go I. And that is an expression from 12-step programs that are widely known to a lot of people who suffer depression or recovery pathways. So, yeah, I, I could talk for hours about adversity and life challenges. And I'm happy to discuss anything you might wish to ask, Ben. So, so I went from profound addiction to seeing the light of day to recovery. And I now apply mindset to wellness 24-7 on autopilot. And I don't use pain relief or whatever I seem to be able to manage my circumstances, which my doctors believe is quite miraculous. Um, yeah, ask your question. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think you. I think there are people that are out there who are just, I mean, curious as to how you you did that. I mean, you went on such a journey to transform yourself to the the woman you are today, and the inspired, driven person who's out there really uh, assisting people and and being an advocate for change. What would you recommend to people out there that are going through similar situations? Maybe they've got some type of addiction. Maybe they're battling with some types of depression. What, what, what's some of the stuff that worked really well for you that you could potentially say they might be able to try out? Number one, don't be afraid of yourself or your own thoughts because that is probably one of my greatest learnings now is that I had my own innate wisdom and intuitiveness there all along then and I just had never really tapped into that nor understood how powerful that could be in my own life. I alluded to adversity and I experienced adversity from early childhood upbringing. I had been an abused and sexually abused child. I'm the youngest member of a family of seven. Um, and in that family of seven, we've got multiple generations there. We've got kids who were raised in the Great Depression years with hardship. We then had twins and another sibling in the World War II era and post-recovery. And then there were two others born beyond that. And I think I'm probably the most privileged being the last because as our society evolves and develops, there are always new technologies and amazing research and skills that are being made available to us through a variety of people. And I still have on my bucket list to attend some work with Dr. John Martini, 
however, in accessing a lot of his free resources. And I'll say to people that if they have a smartphone or if they've got technology in their homes, if they can press a red you know, and a white um, arrow, YouTube we call it, or in a library, if they don't have those pieces of smart technology, then make it your business to find out where you can access these things. And librarians will assist and help people find whatever people are curious or want to know more about. So if they tell a librarian, for example, I'd like to know more about mindset or I would like to know more about behavioural therapies or concepts, can you help me, please? If we ask for help, then someone mm -hmm. will always answer that question. And that's another lifelong lesson. I mean, I'm 65 talking to you, so I've been around the block a few times. I've had a lot of experience. I have midlife university education and exposure. But basically, this little kid inside of me is as curious at 65 <laughs> as I was at five years when I did declare to my family I wanted to go and work in Central Australia and make a difference in our Indigenous population. And because of our language changes and the way we spoke, I would have said, I want to go and walk with the Aborigines. I want to go and care for those people and those children. And I could say now, I perfectly manifested that into my life. And when other kids at school in my early childhood were reading Enid Blyton and other childlike stories, I always had my head in books of anatomy, physiology, science, etc. So it's no wonder that at age 65, I'm still involved with um, incredible opportunities in research design. I happen to be an inaugural member of the Royal College of Nursing and Midwifery in Australia, which is quite an esteemed award that I achieved as I left university in 2001. And then unfortunately my injury has um, taken the opportunity for my practical nursing skills to be applied in a hospital or in that type of environment. You'd have a good chance if I'm in a conference room if someone needed assistance that I could steer and guide that. I've done everything from emergency to remote area. I've delivered 12 babies including a grandchild and I got nothing but HD plus plus all the way through. So I, I loved it. I was a high achiever, but we all know that nurses' um, a score for university is greatly undervalued and it comes in on the lower edge. In my lifetime, I'd like to see that elevated enormously because uh, I believe that we all have that potential inside of us. And um, I love working with multicultural students in coaching type situations or any conversation, be it in an access cab, an Uber cab, or, you know, airline personnel as I've travelled in the last three years. I just love bailing people up and finding out what they know and getting the information about what I don't know or where this could lead for me. So please, people, be curious and ask questions. Don't think that any question is a silly question because whatever you need to know, you can bet that at least a few people around you know. And having said that, I would also suggest be very wise and careful about who you hang out with. And I think the biggest thing for me in my recovery has been the last three years, I'm fortunate and truly blessed to have been with some of the most incredible minds 
in our country and the universe because we have international visitors who attend these courses. So I consider mm. myself to be a global player. Um, I absolutely love how it's widened my horizons. I mean, I live at the bottom of the universe in little old Adelaide, South Australia, <laughs> and I've got outreach across the globe, and I just think that's an enormous, wonderful thing uh, to be able to say at age 65 when I've really led quite a small life until now. So it, the universe is such a fascinating and amazing topic and there is so much there for people regardless of their uh, perhaps their religious persuasions or beliefs and childhood beliefs and things we have instilled in us and then as we expand our minds and understand that everything we do every day is a choice we choose are we going to set an alarm in the morning or are we going to discipline our body clock that our body clock automatically tells us hey it's daylight we're up when I was living in North Queensland, you know, the sun set earlier than what it does in South Australia. So, you know, circadian rhythm and sleep patterns, uh, all of these things totally fascinate and occupy my time. And I absolutely love YouTube. I would give up Netflix any day compared to <laughs> YouTube because I barely get to watch a movie maybe once a week. But I just love learning and I like to assist others to learn. And I love making it fun. It's like it's a game. It really is fun. And I'm having the time of my life. Yeah, nice. So I, I really love your approach to it all. And I guess what I'd be curious about as well with some of the other listeners out there, you, you talk a lot about mindset and uh, the work that you've done. So, so I'm sitting at home right now and I want to create a change this afternoon. What would, what would your suggestion be? What, what would you advise our listeners to do? What's something they could do right now? Well, if they're sitting in a chair and they wish they were active, just put your feet to the ground and your hands on the edge and stand up. That's change, Ben. You know, let's just mm -hmm. take it in small chunks. We don't... How do you eat an elephant? You know, you can't consume an elephant at a time. And I suspect some people will listen to this podcast that could be 80 or 90 years old. They may have a very small life. Some of them may be on care packages in their homes across the globe, not just in Australia. Or they may wish that perhaps someone knocked on their door a little bit more frequently. Then to implement change is really a decision. We just make that decision in our head. We can choose to leave things as they are, which is the status quo. It doesn't rock our boat or it doesn't rock anybody else's boat. But it can leave you maybe not experiencing to your fullest potential what you could access. So, you know, if you want to do something different this afternoon, you can choose if you're going to keep this podcast running or you could choose to flick a switch and we don't go any further. That's your choice. Um, and for people at home, they might think, gee, I'd like to be a little bit more physically active. But just by standing more rather than sitting, they're they do scientifically have the potential to decrease their aging process, increase their physical ability just by making the effort to stand maybe at the sink or with their hands on the cupboard for support where a much younger person and age appropriately and your physicality appropriately could go for a run. And you know I use a wheelchair 
Now, I still can't do distances, but when I first met you, I was very reliant on that chair for the majority of my time. And in the last 12 months, I have been able to be out of my chair for much longer periods of time. Mm. But that does not mean that I still don't have significant injury and attention I need to honour and respect about my body because I do. I've got profound injury. Um, so was the there like a, a turning point for you? Like yes, what, what changed inside your mind that allowed you to spend less time in your wheelchair, start getting mobile again? What was it for you? At the time I met you, I had been moving when I moved or walked from my bed to my bathroom or whatever. Every step was purely intentional to remain upright. I've mentioned I'd had many falls. I've spent far too much time falling and every time you have a fall, it impacts your body more. If you're confined to a wheelchair, your muscle, your body deconditions as a natural form of atrophy and we become less fit as subsequently, you know, consequential type behaviour. Um, if we can claim our own inner strength, I think this is where I can apply mindset that I've challenged myself to up to a 16-hour day of being upright. Now, I have learned from some of this experimentation that I'm applying to myself. It's not always the bravest or the best idea, but nonetheless, it's a great sense of my accomplishment of knowing I can engage in that. But it's a bit like training for a marathon, Ben, that you know, marathon runners have been doing this for years or they're connected with exercise physiology. They know their bodies. They know their routines. And some of them recover from injuries very quickly or others learn to live with injuries profoundly. I mean, we've just hosted Paralympic Games here in Australia. So the courage, the resilience, the tenacity, sometimes I reflect on my resilience as having like the finest Australian merino wool that we know is world class. And so I think my mindset for my measuring tool is world class. I consider the spring back ability of that merino wool. And it, it just lights me up. All of these little things that I'm talking about have taken me from 34 medications a day to five no more opioid usage whatsoever. Um, a conundrum developed in regards to my injuries last year saw me in and out of hospital more times than I care to de declare. But on each occasion as they introduced opioid, I said, no, thank you. And, you know, I might have needed it for one or two administrations and then my body was just saying, no, thank you. Let me get the hell out of here. I don't need this. I don't want it. I'm not going back there. But it's not saying that I won't have considerable uh, surgeries, etc. in the past. But uh, I look at the brighter side of life and I'm just grateful every day because when I couldn't even feel the earth under my feet, I now actually have sensory perception back in my lower limbs that I did not have. So, mm. you know... I, I, the curiouser and the curiouser I become, it's like Alice in the Looking Glass, and I get very, um, I don't know, I just love the learning, so then I think, I want to know more about that, so I'll try and look up a bit more. I can't hold a book, my arms and my injuries, I can't hold a weighty book, 
but we can do so much through assistive devices and technology these days. And um, I met a person in a, um, in a learning environment who's involved with one of Australia's top universities and um, I've been invited to put an application towards development of products and technological ideas. I'm hugely excited about that. I don't know if I'll be a, a recipient. I don't know how many people are applying, but I know that I'm part of the cohort. So, you know, the things that I've been able to do when quite clearly my insurers and my work cover demise and legislation are saying I can't do, I'm just trying to be heard and say, well, hell no, of course I can do. The bit of me that works functions very well and I'm not planning anaesthetics or invasive procedures when I can apply energetic laws and things that are of a physical and relate to quantum physics type nature and innovations. I want nothing but the best of what is available and I think all people deserve that in the times we're living in. So mm. measuring tools that might be 28 to 40 years old and under various um, information I look at, whether I'm looking at regular workers in our country, seafarers or uh, what the military use, I'm, I'm really digging deep into all of those uh, researches and bases for policies. And some of the evidence they're using is up to 50 years old. Can you believe that? I love it having crazy. coffee with you. Can you believe <laughs> we're actually talking about this? We should have coffee more often then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can see, well, I know that you know, but I would just like other people who perhaps I affectionately term as marginalised, and I say with affection and deep love and respect because I was hugely marginalized in my situation until three years ago when I had an experience of a very powerful speaker who was very vulnerable and shared his recovery and now I can pay that forward by sharing my recovery and I've, I have not researched nor experienced all the processes that you yourself have used but there's a lot of things that I've been able to get enough of a surface glimpse or other practitioners that I've involved of alternate therapies that I think in today's society we need to have a very open mind um, about what is available and how we apply it and that best practice has to be the rule of thumb for everybody yeah yeah nice I like that a lot so uh, in your journey along the, the, the way of doing this, along the pathway, uh, obviously you would have found some some techniques that would have helped you out. What, what are some people, what are some things that you can recommend that people might be able to do on a more of a daily basis if they're wanting to get okay. a bit more freedom in their life? What would you suggest? Well, I had to challenge myself that structure would be a good thing for Shirley. I'd been leading a very unstructured life. And often if we are heavily medicated or we have conditions that require heavily pain medication, etc., I'm not telling people they don't need it or that they shouldn't have it. I'm only posing my recovery for the opportunity if it inspires 
or someone thinks I'd like to know more about that. So for me, I got myself a whiteboard, butcher's paper and pen. I've found, you know, back in the late 90s, I realised I really had been kinesthetic all along and I don't think I was ever challenged to my potential in my early childhood education. And I left school early, started nursing age 16, and, you know, here I am now at 65, all those years later. But I found that by writing things down out of my head and having two columns and probably positives on one side, what have I got going for me today, what's not working well for me today. But I would set my alarm, and I'd also give myself the opportunity to try to stay on the bed pending bathroom calling, you might need a quick bathroom trip, but then give yourself the luxury of just having that time. I would practice meditation, and that was something I hadn't done before. And I have learned to be able to meditate quite deeply. I can do a deep mm-hmm. meditation within three to five minutes, or I may luxuriate in a much longer meditation, 60 to 90 minutes. And I find by creating that sense of, it's like I'm just in a bubble there's no sides there's no bounds to it and that's when my inner intuitiveness and my guide comes to me some people may call that god or spirit or universe and that becomes what i now call my moral compass and it points me in the direction for that day so yes i run a diary like everybody else does but i review my diary i adapted to Pomodoro timing methods which people can research and have a look at as well. It keeps me accountable to me. I don't have to be accountable to anyone else but my primary role in this life now is to be accountable to me and I would say my mission statement is one, to do no harm. Two, to much whom is given, much is expected and I will live the remainder of my days doing what I can to advocate and assist marginalised people to attain the wealth, health, grace in their life that is everybody's birthright then. And it was just something that wasn't part of my family's experience and I've had to wait a long time in life to find out my sense of purpose of being in the universe. I just look forward to being here a bit longer yet. I suspect I will because I need a good die young. <laughs> I, you know, I've lost much. I've lost many loved ones and um, I parted with five of my own children uh, between 19 and 29 years of age. So that's a lot of grief for a mother to carry throughout her life mm. as well. And my parents and I've had a second relationship so that partner and five in-laws have parted in my life. I've had significant personal losses and grief. I'm no different than anybody else. And we all join in that by our birthright of being creative. It's the whole process of how our life does the full circle of life until we depart from this space. And... um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it and I had to really weed my garden, I say, in those early days. It's another part of the discipline. So I said about getting up the meditation, the whiteboard. Now I will say about weeding your garden. Have a look at how large or how small your friendship and connection groups are. And I have learned that 
we can achieve our better life or our best life for ourselves. Nobody else's measuring tool, but what satisfies our soul deepest in the most fulfilling way by a more intimate circle of friends and you end up being like the three to five people you hang out mostly with and that you know is a documented science um, it is achievable and you know I mean we we still want to be likable we're all selling every day of our life hoping that people will enjoy what they hear I'm hoping from this podcast people will be inspired to change some aspect of their life it might be that they think well I haven't watched a seed grow for years what if I get a little terracotta pot and I actually watch something grow I've done that myself over the Christmas period having pressed pause on my life around the 21st of December deciding that I just personally didn't want to engage with all the noise of social media or playing in Facebook. And my friend Esther Hicks will say, get your nose out of nose. <laughs> so I've given myself permission to say, I don't want to do that anymore. Not for now anyway. And I know I can ramp that up or re-engage when I'm ready to. And you know what? I really haven't missed it one little bit. And I'm just savouring the time that I've had because I've got these little pots out the back. I'm experimenting with a few little plants. And oh my gosh, there's nothing more satisfying for a soul to see something growing right before your very eyes <laughs> that yeah, you're loving nice. and nurturing. And you've got your own evidence. It's so simple. I can't believe I've made my life so incredibly hard. And yeah. it, it's just taking a step back, an overall review and making some decisions to honour yourself. And not everyone's going to want to take up advocacy or bigger projects that I will do in my lifetime, but that's something that I love, that lights me up. I enjoy the learning curve. I love the research. I love the excitement, the buzz, and seeing the results. So it's not for everyone, but that's a little bit about what makes Shirley tick. Nice. Well, for the listeners that are uh, listening in right now, if you want to find out more about Shirley, you can actually go to her website, uh, ShirleyJaneJackson.com, and there you'll be able to find a whole bunch of information about uh, her sp professional speaking gigs and the events that she's at and where she's talking and just the work that she's doing. So, Shirley, are there any final words that you'd like to leave our listeners with before we wrap it up? Um, I think for all people and anyone who's listening that might be battling with complex pain injuries, um, maybe I've raised issues of work cover grievances for people. Um, it might even be, you know, someone just wanting a lifestyle change or whatever. Just reach out. It's amazing um, that I've found after living many years inside um, domains of being um, having assisted recovery processes pertaining to my grief of the losses that I'd experienced. And in the end, it was grief. And I can say now that grief is huge, but it's become manageable for me then. It's really shrunk. I don't live the life of that grieving mum as much as I do now of celebrating Shirley. And mm -hmm. it's like the scales have tipped and the balance is there, but it's taken a long time and a lot of courage 
And another one of my favourite quotes is about the word courage, that believe everything happens for a reason. If you feel like you get a second chance, grab it with both hands. And if it changes your life, just let it. It's something you just might not know what's on the other side of something you've never tried. Mm. (laughs) And, um, yeah, life is just truly special. It's here for us all to experience the richness and the fullness and the peace and the joy. Um, Yeah, I just encourage anyone to, especially if they're an older person or, say, 50 and beyond, just try one thing different every day. I personally, for the last 20 years, have attained to learn at least three new things a day. That might just be a new word that I slip into my genre or something. Um, it might be an understanding of something or just something simple that I know someone can send you a Christmas card with a paper flower that if you put the paper flower in the earth, the seeds will sprout and then you're growing a plant. I didn't know they were available till I got one. So, you know, there's always simple little things. It might be finally pluck up the courage to say hello to that neighbour that you've been thinking, oh, I should say hello, but perhaps I don't think I'll bother. You know, there's so many little things we can do each day that just brings a bit more sunshine to our life. So yeah, so lovely to chat to you, Ben. Yeah, mm. lovely to chat to you as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I've uh, got a lot out of it. I'm sure our listeners out there have been uh, taking a lot of great notes as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us today, Shirley. Thank you, Ben. I look forward to sharing a lot more wisdom over the years and having the opportunities with um, speaking in groups, etc. So thank you very much. And uh, I will catch you, as we say, on the circuit somewhere. (laughs) And uh, keep having fun, as you've taught me to have fun. And I'm loving it. Thank you. Thank you. So if you'd like to find out more about Shirley or any of the other authors, be sure to visit elevatebooks.com forward slash authors and always remember giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life until we meet again share your light live your love and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend bye for now thanks for listening to elevate podcast the fastest way to elevate your life for more information visit www.elevatebooks.com